This episode is brought to you by marketing consulting firm, the Bonafide Lyrics and Marketing, LLC, where creativity meets business. You can check us out at www.theblm.com for more information on how we help local artists and creatives maximize their business presence. for me. Hi, I'm KB. Ha. And my co-host. Ha. Me, Mark, Meta, Poetic, Bennett, in your mic, please. Yes. Uh, this is season four. Episode, episode one. It is the premiere. The premiere. The premiere. The premiere. Of the, sorry for the people who may not like that phlegmy sounding <laughs> thing. I could see how if you're not into that, that could be a little alarming, much yeah. like Trey Songz spitting in people's mouths. If you're not into that, yes. it can definitely be alarming. I can see so, how that would be. Yeah. My apologies if that is a trigger for you. Um, we just think it's fun here. So yeah. Welcome. Season four, episode one. Uh, how you feel? How you feel? How do I feel? I feel refreshed. I feel good. I feel excited. Because um, like no shade, while I enjoy doing the podcast, when we start getting to them last couple of episodes, I'll be like, all right, when is it over? Because mentally, I'd be tired. Because trying to come up with, with stuff to talk about every week, <laughs> it'd be a lot. And sometimes the stuff we talk about every week be a mm-hmm. lot. Like, And I just feel like, especially, I think we started this podcast during the 45 era. So yeah. I feel like it's just been a very exhausting time period. And, you know, I appreciate yeah. the fact that we now have a president who's not in the news every five minutes. Like, he's actually working. Yeah. Being a president and things. So I don't have a, a news article every week talking about, oh, president tweeted, president tweeted, president tweeted. Like, it's, it's, I, it's great. I love a boring president, truly, honestly. I, I love a president that's just, I don't know what he's doing over there, but it's not on Twitter. That's, yeah. you know, that's that's great. Um, it seems to me like he's about uh, getting the vaccine out and things like that. I saw an article um, written by a Fox affiliate. So plot twist, you know where this is going. Um, Fox affiliate. Where they were basically saying la, la, la. that in um, President Biden's uh, address to the country that he didn't give uh, 45 credit for uh, getting the vaccine out. And I'm like, uh, what was he supposed to say? Like, what? I I don't know what, I don't, what, what do you mean? What was he supposed to say or do? Because I don't recall 45 giving President Obama credit for anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm unclear about why President Biden now owes 45 a credit for something. Like, what is... What is the story, guys? What is what is the story, boys and girls? Help somebody understand. Um, so yeah, uh, that's I've been very relieved to do that. Um, I don't know if I had mentioned this to you in our conversations around the house, but there was like a whole conspiracy theory that um, March fourth, um, Joe Biden was going to be unseated, and 
Donald Trump was going to be uh, re-inaugurated yeah. as the president. And that, like, that was the... Um, the QAnon the, the people, because like they, they keep pushing the GoPro. It, it's kind of like the 2012 people. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, it doesn't know. Yeah, it's no, hanging up flat screen. And, and that's and like, that's actually my biggest issue with um the the um seven day Adventists. <laughs> that's, that's, that's I can I, say so much, but I'm gonna just respectfully because yeah, like they, people they, they kept saying the world's gonna end, and then it was like, but not this time, like like next time, right? And, and then, then started time, like a whole uh, church denomination like it, like off the, of it. Off the world of the was gonna line. end for like twenty times. Yeah, like the world was gonna end in like 1870 something, <laughs> and it didn't end. And then it was like Voila. it's 2012. 2012 happened. It was like, but like not 2012. I'm like, it is 2021, boys and girls. When's it ending? Because y'all keep saying stuff and it don't be happening. So I'm a little confused. So it, it just it just keep going back and forth. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to go too deep into it. But that, once I found out that that was the, the basis for the seven-day Adventist, it kind of made me respect them a little less. Like, you know, no no shade. Like, because I just felt like, guys, I feel like the Bible says no man knows the day or the hour. So why are people yeah. still trying to predict it? Like, no man knows unless... There are some angels or other celestial insiders over at the Seventh-day Adventist uh, organization. Nobody knows. Stop telling people, okay? Is Lucifer over there? Is 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 Amenadiel? Like uh, <laughs> Gabriel, Michael, is any of them people over there? That's why y'all keep saying that. Seventh-day Adventist. How do we get there? We were talking about Something happened. Talking, we were talking about uh, uh, QAnon and people believing the story, yes. not believing that story, that narrative. And then Mark said, um, "It's kind of like the 2012 thing, yeah, the, where everybody the, was thinking the world the, was going to end in 2012." Yeah. Um, and F- then that's FYI, how we got down that rabbit hole. FYI to the people who are listening on the uh, on the streaming services, we now have a Patreon. Yes, yes. You can support for as little as three dollars a month. Only three dollars. Three dollars a month, and. Now That's we the price are, of a bacon if you'd like to cheese. chat with us while we are on the live at, a, at, a, at a, which would be eleven thirties on Mondays. Yes, you can always come on a Discord and chat with us while yes. it's happening. We'll read your chats and things. We'll probably have a better setup than so this. So you can ask us phone. questions while yeah. this is going on, and we will hopefully address your questions. Yeah, we might. We might not. Let's see what happens. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see how how Russian it goes. roulette. And we also, if you would like to see us live while we're doing it. You'll see some of our random pre-production and how we get things ready in disarray. And you can well, see it's not disarray. <laughs> um I just we, we can you can see that if you would like to. Um, we're really gonna have to temper these conversations. Like you're gonna have to remind me that people can hear because I <laughs> I can, may or may not say wild things. We, we, you can see that all live and in action. Yes, if live. You, for only three dollars. Only three dollars. They um there are other tiers if you would like to support more. Like we, we give you the option. Like if you would like to support more, we have higher options. And if you if you spend more money, there are options to actually get there are incentives. Apparels. Yes, there apparel. there's apparels. If, if yes. You, um, yes. We're trying to make the apparels uh crossover in twenty twenty one. I'm still waiting for my hoodie, but you know it's whatever. Yeah. Um it's whatever. I mean, I'm only the podcast co-host. Why? Why can't I have? I'm. I've been asking very nicely. One day, <laughs> one day, yeah. I will have a hoodie. Yes, it will be mine. It will be mine. That's right. Whoa, one day, glory, <laughs> glory. Whoa. 
Hey, all right. You right. introduce this podcast. We, we said season four, episode one. Is there anything else you want to introduce before we move on? Um, yeah, no. I mean, some, shout out to y'all. Y'all cool. Yeah, shout out to y'all. Shout we support people, y'all. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for rocking with us. us. Shout out to people who hate us. Who hates us? I don't know. Well, you got to find something to do because hating us is stupid. They, they, that's a waste of your energy. You could do something else with that. Like, you know, open an LLC with your stimulus money. Um, so, yeah. That was a joke, by the way. I'm not encouraging anyone to use their stimulus money to open an LLC. <laughs> <laughs> it's Please just don't. that Rise and Grind Twitter has been back at it again with um, what people should be doing with their um, stimulus. Oh, find that, find that meme. We'll talk about it later. Oh, my God. I don't even know who posted it. Let me. I gotta. I gotta go search the internet and see if I can find it. I think Kevin says posted. You know what? You might be right. Let me see if I can find it. Like we've talked about it on this podcast before, but like Rise and Grind Twitter has to relax. We love you, truly, honestly. But y'all gotta. The relaxation must happen. It must. It must take place. If a person wants to spend their stimulus on a fur coat. Yeah, let, 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 let them spend let their stimulus out. on a on a fur coat. They're stimulating the economy. Yes. <laughs> so you want to talk about the Kevin stage thing now, or no? Let's do this. Let's later. get into the okay. Let's get that for a little. So just remind me. All right. So to talk about it. Okay. Ready? We're gonna start our season four level of love, love it. it. Or lose it. Hey, love it. Or lose it. Hey, 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 love it. Or lose it. Hey, love it. Or lose it. Hey, 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 I don't know. We're just gonna add it in there if we can. Very American. Can you at least have added some Jamaican? No, no. y'all no. don't do that accent well. So never mind. Never mind. We're talking about accents. We're talking about accents. <laughs> I happen to be very good at accents. Okay. Except for what? Except for what? Which one am I not good at? Which one you not good at, Kristen? I don't know. I'm not good at a language. That's not an accent. Yeah, you're not good at accent either. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'm not good at everything. <laughs> I, 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 that's not what I was saying. Gosh, <laughs> um, being excellent is a very hard job. Um, so, this one is young black male actors. Okay. In in the midst of the conversation we're going to have about the Oscars. Okay. Um, and young black male Oscars. So, love it or lose it. FYI, it's usually um, we have four choices. We usually go through. Four. Four choices for love or lose it, and from the four choices, we have to um, choose one that we will love, hold on to, never let go. Never and let go. we have one that we would love, hold on to, never no, one we lose. Mm-hmm. You have to throw away and everything that comes with it. And in the, the trash. And the four male, um, young male actors we're going to use is Lakeith Stanfield, mm-hmm. Daniel Kaluuya. Mm-hmm. John David Washington, mm-hmm. Mahersha Ali. This is trash. I don't like this this category. I'm 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 through. <sighs> love it or lose it. Hey, love it or lose it. What would you lose it? Lakeith Stanfield. Why? Is it outside of his, is it outside of his actual talent? No, okay. it is it is within the range of his actual talent. Um, 
I mean, it's a toss up between him and John David, to be honest with you. Um, I, but I feel, I feel like, I don't know that Lakeith's range goes beyond weird black guy. Because I feel like if you've seen Atlanta, you've pretty much seen every other character Lakeith is going to play in a movie. Like he just, that's his aesthetic. Yeah. Weird, twitchy, nervous black guy. Yeah. That's his aesthetics. And I feel like everything I've ever seen him in, with the, I haven't seen the photograph movie. Apparently he don't be doing that, but I don't really know. The people didn't like that movie that much because, you know, they say him and Issa wasn't really getting along down to the set. But I feel like between Atlanta, Sorry to Bother You, Jesus and the Black Messiah, not Jesus, Judas and the Black Messiah. I said Jesus, Jesus. is the Black Messiah. Yes. That's what I'm saying. I didn't say it right. <laughs> Judas and the Black Messiah. Like, Jesus. No, but Jesus is the Black Messiah. Um, and I feel like there's something else I've seen him in where it's kind of been like a very similar kind of character. He, he, he's he's the alternative black guy. Yeah, in terms of like twitchy alternative black guy. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, if you find a lane and it works for you, it then you work sh- your you lane. Sh- yeah, get in your lane. I'm not mad at that, but I'm just like when I think of the range of things I've seen the other ones in. He, he has he 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 does have the least range compared to yeah, yours. Yeah. So I feel like and while, I, I don't think that's not a slight to him. It's not a slight to him. And while I do enjoy what he what he what he does and what he brings to the things that he's in. If I had to like never watch anything of his again, I would be fine. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be saddened because I'm like technically he's not the biggest part of Atlanta, so I could still watch that because it's not his show. It's technically Donald Glover, so I could still have Atlanta. But yeah, if I never saw anything that Lakeith Stanfield was in again, I'd be fine. Oh, yeah. What do you? What about you? What about you? Uh. Oh. Sorry. I I have to I would have to agree, um, only because of his range. Okay. Um, and I I I think he's all. I feel like he has he has the least amount of work out of the group. Also. So like I don't know if it's a slight. I think I think he will eventually will grow a lot mm, more. Yeah. But I think he he does have the least amount of growth. Yeah. Like I was hoping this um, Judas and the Black Messiah would give me something a little different. I was hoping it would, but. You know, Lakeith gave me Lakeith, so I can't I can't argue with with that. Yeah. Um, who is your love it? Um, well, you first. Uh, you said Mahershala, John David, and Daniel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a toss up for me between Mahershala. And Daniel, but I feel like I'm gonna give it to Mahershala because I feel I feel like he has a more extensive body of work for me to to pull from, and you know I loved him in Moonlight. Um, I've seen some of the True Detective series that he was a part of. He was great there. Um, I loved him in uh, uh, House of Cards. Damn, Kevin Spacey ruined a perfectly good show. Um, because <laughs> I like that show a lot. Um, I feel like Mahershala really has a, a a wide range as an actor, um, given the stuff that I've seen him in. And I know there's other things I still haven't seen him in. Um, but like he's really very, 
very good at what he does. So, and he's always so gracious and. Um, so, Mahershala is one. Yeah, Mahershala is mine. Daniel Kaluuya is getting up there though, because Daniel Kaluuya is give is give gives a lot of range. Like we saw him in Black Panther, being shady boots. But then, what's the movie Widows? Yeah. Daniel Kaluuya's an actor. I don't care what y'all got to say. Daniel Kaluuya's an actor. <laughs> I did not comes. expect the guy from Get Out to be the guy in Widows. Like I didn't. I didn't know he had it in it, honey. But like he gave. Daniel Kaluuya. He gave. He, he, he does. He does a lot. He gave. I I, I. I think. I think Daniel Kaluuya is great because he also like he made you like feel different things. He made you like him in certain ones and hate him in others. Yeah. Like def- <laughs> definitely in the Widows movie, I was like, yo. Trash. I hate him. Yeah, and, and and also in um Black Panther. In Black Panther, I didn't like him at all. I was like, see, that's why he was in Get Out. Cause <laughs> this how he did. This how he did T'Challa. That's why. That's why he ended up. In, that's why he ended up in that what situation. It don't even matter. You don't know the backstory. He might could. They might Get Out might have happened because he got kicked out of Wakanda for his disloyalty to T'Challa. So you know whatever alternate realities. That's what happened. But he he really is a really good actor. I I like I've. I haven't seen anything that he's been in that I haven't liked. So he he's my like one B, but like Mahershala Ali takes it for me. Um I, I, I agree. I, I think I like um I I only reason why i I like Dan Kalu more because I feel like he can also um go on the comedy side more. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Because um, I think his range is a little strong, a little more mm. than um, Mahershala. But I think Mahershala is a specific kind of actor, and mm. I, I respect him too. But I think my favorite. Upper- he was a great cotton mouth in, in uh, the, what you call it? In uh, what was it? Was he it was. Ju- he was. Cage? Yeah, he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But my favorite up and coming is John Washington. John David Washington. Yeah, that's, okay. That's, that's my favorite up and coming. Like, I feel like. I haven't seen him in enough mm-hmm. for me to give him a love, mm-hmm. but I feel like he's coming up fast. Yeah, and I I, I think he ha- he has respectfully created his own path. Yes, he because like he he started he started off on a TV show they used to watch Ballers Ballers mm-hmm. like well I don't know if he started off that way but that's when I first saw him. Me too. That was, that was when I that's first when saw I first saw him was in Ballers and like he was like. I think in um, Ballers, like, I, I like he was such a different character in Ballers that like I didn't realize he was his son. Yeah. Until like later on, I was like, oh shoot. And then after I saw his son, I was like, oh, he's definitely his son. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think after you find out he's his son, he's like, oh yes, he, yeah, that's his son. And if you've seen Malcolm and Marie on Netflix, he's definitely his son. He talks just like his father, just like him. Yeah. Like the voice is like kind of creepy. Like if you're not looking, you would think it's Denzel talking. Like similar cadence, similar tone. Like it's very, very similar. Like okay, uh, like saying, doesn't John David and Keith Powell have the same amount of work? I'm like, I, I can see. I I I think. Um, yes, I, but I, I, I actually I've I've seen Lakeith and more. Yeah. Yeah, Lakeith has a more, longer acting has, track record of things than, than John, than John like, David does. I just, I just know John David from Bowlers. And yeah, then, Bowlers was the first thing I had ever seen John David and, in. And then, like, recently I saw him, like, more things, like, yeah. within, like, the last year Yeah, like, or he two. had that movie Tenet, which we still didn't see, but people said yeah. that it wasn't great. But um, I don't but, know if it's necessarily because of him or because of the script, but people didn't really like it. No, and no, then, I, I, I heard more of the script, like, People just didn't. People were. Conf- I don't know. People didn't like it. They were confused. They didn't know what's happening. Yeah. People were like. So what's what are they doing? <laughs> I feel like I definitely saw John David Washington in a in a Shake Shack in the city once, but 
it was right when I had first started watching the show and I was yeah. like, I think that's him. But like I didn't I didn't realize it. And then after like watching the show longer, I was like, Oh, that was probably him. <laughs> Cause he just looked real regular. But I'm like, I've seen it was one of those things where I'm like, I've seen that guy before. Yeah. I've seen him. And it didn't I didn't connect the dots on who until I watched the next season of Ballers. I was like, it probably was him because celebrities be in the city just like shimmying about like yeah. regular people. So yeah. it's completely plausible that it was him. Yeah, like like um I I, I think like I said, I, and he I think he was in the Black Klansman too. Who? John David Washington. He was in the Black Klansman. Yes. With uh, Adam yes, Driver. Yes, yes. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like he has a good track. I'm not saying that I I just feel like Lakeith because Lakeith I think his big standout was Atlanta and mm-hmm. it started out like a cop. Yeah. Yeah. And like I I I just I feel like I've seen Lakeith in more things. Yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah, I feel the same way. That that Lakeith like has I, a longer I, I feel like he started first. Well that's just first. He didn't start first. I think he became popular first. Mm-hmm. I don't think he started first. I think he became popular first. Yeah, yeah. Because people didn't really know who John David was until Black Klansman, which was uh, 2017. Correct. And Lakeith, I feel like Lakeith has been in the streets a bit longer than that. So, yeah. But yeah. I, they both have some growing to do. Correct. 100%. Like, like I, I, I'm, I, I can't wait to see the trajectory of John David Washington. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, I, I respect that he's kind of created his own path. Like, you only know he's um, James Washington's son because people keep bringing it up. Yeah, he never brings it up. He <laughs> he, he, he literally tries to act like, I don't I don't know that guy. Yeah. I, I, I think the most precious moment was, it was some interview when he was on TV. <laughs> and like, it was Denzel Washington's it was, it, was, it was like someone who was a friend of the family. One, I forgot which actor it was. Uh-huh. Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson. Because mm-hmm. Samuel Jackson, I guess, Samuel Jackson did a real cool. Mm-hmm. Based on how it was, like, super cool. So, like, Samuel Jackson was interviewing him, and he was like, it, 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 it's kind of like, if you're ever, like, a, someone who's, like, under 40, and you're, like, and, you, and you're with, like, out with like your parents' friend who knew you since you were little, and they just treat you that way. And he's like, "Yo, I'm, I'm kind of a big deal. Can you stop treating me this way?" Yeah. And Samuel Samuel Jackson's like, "No, I won't." He's like, "Nah, it's John." Right. Like, like I know, I knew, I knew your parents before you were even a concept. He's bro. Like, nah, like, you're no. not that serious. Like, no. you're, like you're, you're get John. out of here. Like, and he was like, like Samuel Jackson was like bringing up stories when he was mm-hmm. younger. He was like, "He's like, dude, be relax, <laughs> relax." But it's hilarious. You should go find it. It's, it's pure jokes. This is like because I, I see that happening to me excessively <laughs> like if I ever got public famous and then like my parents friends were around they would treat me the same way <laughs> they would they not like, care who I was like, I remember when you were <laughs> I'm like but can you can we just can, can we, we just stop bringing this up can we move on I will also people do not interview them ever yeah can you just not interview them <laughs> just they're, they're just, not gonna make me look good they're not gonna do not a good interview job them, please no please um, but yeah but yeah okay cool beans um, yeah I was just looking up Lakeith and Lakeith started like back in 2028 20, 2008 which I said 28 yeah. 2008 he had like some small roles I think he was he was in Selma back in 2014 he was in Dope in 2015 yeah, he dope. played that's, that's the first he, time I saw him was Dope yeah I'm like I don't remember noticing him in Selma I'm gonna have to go back and watch that um, and Dope was just on TV the other day and I don't remember seeing him there either um, but he was Snoop Dogg and Straight out of Compton which I remember yeah correct yeah so he, he's had he's had a much longer career trajectory than um uh John David has but anyway 
that was love it or lose it love it or lose it hey 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 love it or lose it hey love it or lose it hey 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 oh john david washington was like really a football player though hey 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 oh yeah he was a whole football player like for real he was like for real at morehouse yeah yeah no and then like and then went into like uh the the Rams yeah he was like a for real legitimate football player he was like for real one okay. yes it wasn't a joke yeah <laughs> he was like, so that's why Ballers was kind of interesting that's how I fi- found out that he was really a football player because um, when I went and looked him up I was like oh how he ended up in this and I re- ended up reading up about him and they were like oh yeah he really did play college football <laughs> yeah and I feel like I remember people talking about it like back when he was a student at Morehouse that Denzel used to be in Atlanta all the time mm-hmm. and I was like it seems random but apparently he was going to his son's football games so yeah yeah okay so let's get into our topic for today boys and girls ladies and gentlemen so as we all know the good sis oprah winfrey being the professional uh tea tea uh tea brewer um that she is um was able to nail down an interview with Prince Harry and Duchess Meghan, Duke and Duchess of Sussex. And, you know, if you recall, I think last year or maybe the year before, we talked about how they were leaving uh, the royal family and stepping down as quote unquote working royals to kind of live a normal life. The Oprah interview basically revealed that was a narrative. Um a narrative in the sense of it wasn't really a hundred percent their choice like they were like you know what this has been great but we just feel that it would be in the best interest of our family to step down like it was really if you watch if you haven't watched the interview yet go watch it on cbs.com but essentially it was it was revealed in this interview that it wasn't solely a them decision correct uh the interview kind of talked about, you know, their dating, the whole thing with them getting married and everything that happened thereafter. So basically they met through like a friend, a mutual friend. She, you know, it was kind of like a blind date type of thing. Like she went to a, she met up with Pierce Morgan, which we'll talk about later. Um, (laughs) uh, had a drink with him. I guess they had known each other from like her acting days or whatever the case is. They met up, had a drink and then she left and went to another party and she met Harry who was a friend of a friend. And she also knew um, Harry's cousin, Prince Eugenie from before, beforehand. Not sure how she didn't say, but she said she knew her from before she even knew Harry. Which is probably how she got close to her in the first yes. place. And, you know, so when people were making statements like, so during the interview, she talks about how she never really Googled him. And people were like, well, I don't believe her. Why would she not Google him? And I'm like, well, she's friends with someone who's friends with him. And she's friends with a family member of his. As far as she's concerned, she's already got the tea from people who are close to him. If she needs to find something out, she can ask one of them. Why Google? Yeah, like you Google when you don't know anybody who knows anything. If yeah. you know somebody that knows you'll ask the person you won't google and so i didn't think it was unbelievable when she said that yeah and and i i don't think and and like people were saying stuff like um well why wouldn't she know i was like when she was saying like oh it's just like celebrities out there i can see how america feels that way 
Yeah. Like it's it, like they're, oh they're just like Beyonce. Yeah. Like okay. Like like it's it's not like it's not a big deal, but it's like you're just a celeb. It's, it's just how celebrities move in certain silos. Right. They're protected by security. <laughs> right. And like, but like they have a team that protects them. Yeah. That that's well, that's, well, that's not jump ahead. Let's not jump ahead. We ain't get there yet. But I'm just, I'm just saying, like, when yeah. people were people were yeah. um, criticizing yeah. her response yeah. to the family. Yeah. So basically, she talked about how um, she met Harry. They went on some dates. You know how she met his grandmother. Like it was very informal. I.e. the Queen. Like they was going to lunch at somebody's house, and they was like, "Oh yeah, the Queen is coming." And so she didn't know how to curtsy. So like Harry and her practiced before they went inside. And you know she sat with the. She did her curtsy. She sat with the Queen. They chilled. They talked. It was very cool or whatever. And basically, it was like everything was cool up until the point where it was like, "Oh, they're getting married. Like this is gonna be a thing." And so it was like, I like based on what they were saying, it kind of sounds like that's when like the shady stuff kind of started to happen. But I think it was just kind of like they were so in love with one another and they really wanted to get married that they weren't really focusing on that. They were just kind of like, okay. It was more, it was before that. It was before what? They got married? No. So it, it like what, what the story was, what they said was, it was, um, Everything was fine, even like up until she went on. They went on the Australia tour. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is, the I think I, I, I met with the family. Like I, I think the, the the tabloids always had an issue with her. Right. I'm talking about what she said, like not when she went on the Australia tour and how much people love were giving to her. That's when it was amplified. But I think that she was saying that it started ramping up when the stuff was happening with them getting married because that's when the whole story came out about her making Kate Middleton cry about something with the wedding and the family didn't defend her. Got it. The family didn't come out and say that's not what happened even though everyone knew. I thought, that was, I thought Australia tour was before that. That's all that No. The Australia tour was after they had gotten married. Okay. So I was confused. So okay. yeah. Right. So before they had gotten married they were planning the wedding whatever the case is and I guess there was like a, a, a argument between um, Kate and um, Megan about bridesmaids. Not really. She didn't really go into what the argument was about, but somehow, somewhere, somebody leaked that there was an argument and the narrative that was put out there was that Megan was being difficult about planning the wedding and she was making Kate cry. Meanwhile, the truth was Kate made Megan cry. And the whole family and everybody at the firm, as they call, you know, the establishment that is the that is uh, Buckingham Palace, knew the real story. But no one came out and said, hey, that's not what really happened. You know, Megan didn't make anyone cry. They just let the press run with that narrative that she was this difficult person who was coming into the family and trying to tear things up and making Kate cry. So that's the kind of first inkling that she got that things were kind of funky but she was like all right whatever you know they told me that they would protect me etc etc so i'm just gonna kind of like brush this one off my shoulder and keep it moving they got married you know it was a whole to do then as working royals they went to australia and did a tour of uh australia australia new zealand and them, them places in the commonwealth over there and she was very very well received and if you watch the crown you'll see in the most recent season how diana was very well received when she went with charles how many ever years ago and so the fact that people seem to love megan 
quote unquote, comparatively more than they loved Kate. And, you know, because Megan was such a natural at the job of, you know, being a royal and being a social, being, being, not, fake. being not fake or whatever the case is. <laughs> um, there was jealousy and issue and tension. So like it started, things started getting weird essentially. And, you know, time goes by Megan's feeling like she's having like mental health issues. She's having a breakdown because basically being married to a Royal sounds like prison. Um, like they took her passport, they took her, her keys, like they took her driver's license. And so basically like she can't go anywhere. She can't really do anything. Like I remember I, I read an article over the weekend where like her mom had come to visit her and they wanted to go down the street to get some coffee. And they were told, no, you can't leave. We can get it for you, but you can't leave. So, you know, I can imagine being a person who's used to having autonomy because Megan is a grown woman. Okay. She's 30 something years old. So having autonomy, living on your own, doing your own thing. And then suddenly going from that to like nothing at all. I can see how that, that can be jarring. And yes, you know, you can do your research. You can be told you can quote unquote, no, but it's hard to imagine that that's what your life becomes when you're so used to having it be one way. Like, I don't think she went into it thinking it was going to be exactly the same as what she was doing pre-marrying him. But I don't think she really had a full grasp of how limited she was going to be in certain things as a result. And I also believe that she would have still like with the little limited thing, she would have still worked it out. Yeah. If the, if they at least protected her. Yeah. Because like, because like, even if it's like that, she was like, okay, but because like, I, I think at one point she was saying how, um, Go ahead. like, I, I guess they're, they're saying how, like, um, when she, uh, my mind just went blank. <laughs> what was I saying? You were, child, I, I forgot to. Um, I think you were talking about like she, her feeling protected. Yes, she was. She was saying like, if I if I felt protected, I would them because like she was. She was saying like, I'm okay with all this. I'm okay with um, all that. They kept saying I was being protected. Like her friends were the ones who were saying like, no, they're not protecting you. She's like, no, they kept saying they're gonna protect me. Mm-hmm. And she was kind of like secluded for like six months. Yeah, and because like she was saying like, no. Because she wasn't really, she's not, she's not looking at the news all the time. It's right. not like they're looking at the news like that. Yeah. She doesn't have anything to do that with. Right. Yeah. So like, she's like, they're not like, like obviously everything's, they, they said they're protecting it. So I believe. Right. right. And I, I, I can see why she would think that. Like people were on the internet, like she, there's a, that's a racist family. They're the, the progenitors of colonialism and blah, 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 blah. And she should have known. But a part of me is also like, she is married to the queen's grandson. Prince Harry is arguably just as famous as the queen. Like everyone knows who he is. Why would she assume that a direct descent, her marriage to a direct descendant of the queen would not result in her being protected? For what reason would she think that? Why would she think, oh, I'm married to the queen's grandson, but it's whatever for me. Why would she think that? Yeah. No one would. She has, she's, she has very close proximity to the queen. It's not like she's married to, you know, one of Princess Margaret's kids. No shade to Princess Margaret, but like she's not as high up in the tier of of things as Queen Elizabeth is. Like Prince Harry is the son of Prince Charles, who is going to be the next king of England when the queen passes away. Why would Meghan not think that the same protection afforded to William and Kate 
and to Harry would also be afforded to her. Correct. Why would she not think that? Yeah, it, it, Logically, it, why would she not think that? Because, like, in her mind, she's like, "What? Th- th- like, th- how? How would they have a justifiable reason?" Because, like, because, like, a, a lot of times, what people like in, in America, this is this is how we kind of like approach things, right? We be known as racism, right? But we also know that people aren't really blatant with racism. Yeah. So like, even if they might not like it, they know they have to do it because it doesn't logically make sense for it to be blatantly look look like there's a difference in how you treat somebody. Mm-hmm. So like, someone we know someone might be like they might be like not really testy about there being a black person, mm-hmm. but we know that like they can't blatantly show. I'm treating this person different from this one. Right. So they'll do it disparagingly, but they'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. So to say to show to, to see a obvious difference with how they're treating you is is kind of a shocker. Right. And I can right. see that. And especially if like they like she said, and even Harry said, she was very well received by the family. Correct. He even said he was shocked by how well received she was by the family and how much they took to her. So if my if I come and meet your family, I make a good first impression. I'm having lunch with your grandma, who is the queen. I'm sitting in cars with her, sharing lap blankets, and we kiki in and whatever the case is. What reason do I have to believe that if people are trying to come for me, y'all won't protect me? I have no reason to think that. And so I think for Megan, it was like she it took her a while to connect the dots that these people are saying one thing with their mouth, but their actions aren't matching. And it's like, I can understand that. If you feel like you and people have a good relationship and y'all have a good rapport and they're telling you, we'll protect you and you're married to the prince of the country or one of the princes, why would you not think that the people are going to do what they're supposed to do and live up to their word? Because at the end of the day, regardless of how anybody feels, there are certain things that Harry has come up with his whole life. And he said it in the, in the interview. So I understood her point of view when she was like, when they said they weren't going to offer like security for us, I was just like, well, bump me. But why doesn't Harry have it? Correct. Because it's, Harry is still the prince. Like it's that that's neither here nor there. Harry Harry has been the prince since before he was born. So why would you take away Harry's security as a way to kind of spite her and her son? Yeah, because because like because like now I'm going to be out here mm-hmm. <laughs> with no security. Yeah. So basically, yeah. So she she goes on to say she was having these mental health issues. She was stressed out. She was feeling like she was having a breakdown, and she reached out multiple times to get resources to get help. And was basically told, no, you just kind of have to deal with it. This is how it is. So I guess, you know, Harry saw what was going on. And then, you know, that's when he noticed that the harassment started ramping up. The protection wasn't really there. And then there was a conversation with a family member. He wouldn't say who, but the internets have been speculating. Who basically said, uh, once they found out Megan was pregnant, like what color, how dark do you think the baby's skin is going to be? And that kind of threw me for a loop when... It was said because I was just kind of like, I didn't know Megan was biracial till she started dating Harry. Because, excuse me, I used to watch Suits on USA and I just thought she was a tan white woman. I never for a second thought that she had black blood anywhere at any point. It wasn't until they said she was dating um, Harry that I started seeing all of these articles about her being biracial. And I was like, oh, I never had known all this time that she was biracial. So I don't, I don't, I, what I want to know is how, 
how non-black people think black jeans work because that lady barely looks black so how black did you think her baby was gonna look with harry when harry is like the whitest of the white of the white of the white if the if megan looked like me i could understand where this conversation might be going it makes a little i'm still offended by it but i can see why i am very definitively chocolate that lady looked white it's what what did it, you it, think her baby was gonna look like? I don't even understand the point of the question, honestly. It it, it actually goes back to um the one drop rule that um Megan barely got a drop. I, I know <laughs> barely but, but it's it's the one drop rule that the whites put kind of put on people. I guess. Um was it back in uh what was it nineteen thirties? Nineteen thirties. Basically say if you have one drop of black, you're black. So mm-hmm. like it kind of to kind of scare white people from From intermixing. Yeah, intermixing. I mean, they was, they was doing, like that one drop thing started like way back, like in the 1700s and they, been, they that didn't stop them from intermixing. They still right, kept doing it. Right, right. Um, but hence, like, hence why there was a Meghan Markle. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you're right. Um, but yeah, like I, I think that, um, they, they try to do that. So like people to, to kind of discourage people from mixing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably why I think white people are the most inclined to date people in their race. Oh, well, good for them. Go with God. Um, <laughs> because of that reason. Keep it, keep it going. Yeah. Be, be great. Um, I, I just, I could, I just felt like, dang, like the fact that somebody even said that out loud, and not even said it to her, but said it to Harry, and then people were trying to say, oh, I think Megan's lying. I'm like, why would Harry lie to her about someone saying that? She didn't say they told her. She said they told Harry, and Harry told her. Why would Harry lie? Why would Harry make it up? What would be the reason? Like if I felt like a lot of the response to this this uh interview was like trying to blame Megan and make it seem like she was like the bad guy. They were like, Oh, that's what she gets for gold digging. I'm like, Yeah, I act like Megan was like a bum. Megan had jobs. She had checks. Like she was an adult woman who had been married before. The woman had money. Mm-hmm. She wasn't like she may not have had as much as 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 uh the, the royal family. And I mean, who really does? Not many people. But it wasn't like she was coming there with her two long hands. Like, she didn't have nothing. So I just did not understand the Gold Digger vibe about the conversation at all. Um, So they talk about, you know, them finally deciding to leave because, as Harry said, Harry felt like what happened with his mother was happening to her. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I'm not going to let that happen. Not if I can help it. Because people think, oh, Harry was a child when his mother died. Harry was 12. 12 is old enough to know the T about what's going on. Even if you're not 100% clear on the whole backstory and all the moving parts, you know you, you, at 12 you know, years old. You know a good amount at 12. You go a good amount at 12. You know that your mom is going through something that people in the family ain't treating your mama right. They're not doing right by her. You know those you, things. You know, you know those things. And you know those things. And then y'all made that boy walk behind his mama casket like y'all ain't had nothing to do with his mama dying. So as far as I'm concerned, Harry been trying to find an opportunity to get away from y'all behind for a minute. It just so happened that y'all y'all came up here messing with Megan and Harry was like, well, that's my exit. I'm gonna head out respectfully because they even said the two of them that even even with, you know, whatever their feelings were, they were still willing to continue to work and to do whatever it was that they needed to do. Like they never said we're stepping back completely. They just said, we want to step back a little bit from doing so many engagements and do less. But the way the narrative of the story came out was like, oh, they said they dip in and they didn't even tell the queen. And they were like, yeah, we told the queen. It was in writing. Cause uh, Harry said, I had a conversation with my father and 
we hashed it out the whole thing and we wrote down the dates and all these things and it's in writing what our plan was to leave the plan was never to not do anything the plan was to just do less and be less in the public eye but again the family allowed the media to spin it as they left didn't tell anybody and never corrected anyone and i think that's that's what megan and harry's issue really uh part of their big issue is Y'all never corrected any of this. Y'all just let these people run with this narrative about Megan and about us and what we're doing. And that's that's not cool. Yeah. And, and and the funny thing was they wanted to step back just from that senior members. Yes. They wanted to be junior members, basically. Yes, they wanted to be junior members. Like there's they, other members they, of the family who do, you yeah. know, a little bit here and there, but not as much as yeah. like the Queen let's, or let's like they'll William. Still, they'll still be doing public service. They're yeah. still going around doing, they just didn't want to be in the midst of all the crazy stuff going on. Yeah, they wanted... Because, they, because it, was, it was bad for health. Yeah, yeah. They Which said I they, think they, is they, a reasonable they, compromise. They, they, they said they're going to go find a Commonwealth country. Yeah, they were gonna, that's why they went to Canada because they yeah. was like, okay, we'll be in a Commonwealth country. We'll, we'll do our property. service there. We'll still be in our property. Yeah, we'll still, we'll do whatever. But this this level of visibility is not good for her mental health. She can't do Correct. it. And then I guess that, that 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 whole thing started another firestorm where they were like, well, Archie's not going to get a title. And I remember when Archie was born, the narrative that was put out was Archie's not getting a title because they want Archie to live a normal life. Meanwhile, when the, what they revealed on the interview was that they were never going to give Archie a title. That was never on the table because... Assumedly, Archie's biracial mixture is what the problem is. Because all of Kate and William's children have titles. So why doesn't Harry's child have a title? What is the reason? What is the justification? And because he doesn't have a title, he doesn't get protection. And Megan is like, yeah, I don't know if you know, but like our family's kind of like well-known and, you know, people, people will try to you know, come do things to us. It, it, so, it's, it's such a random thing to not have security. Yeah. For a child. It's just, it's, yeah, such, like, it's such a random thing. Like why? Like what's the reason? And she was like, she was, they were never given an answer. They were never told what the reason was. It was just like, it's just not happening. And that's the, that's the be all and end all of it. Like grand what, opening, grand closing. What, what were your thoughts about like the family versus the firm? <sighs> because like they, they still don't reveal who this firm was. Number one. My feeling is, based on the fact that I watched The Crown, the firm are the advisors and the people in Buckingham Palace who kind of advise the queen and the royal family on what they should do. These are people that kind of hover in, in between the monarchy and the the government. Are, are they appointed? Are they went into it? Are they hired? How does that work? Um, my Again, based on my impression of the on The Crown, some of them are hired. Some of them, their families have been in it for generations. Like Diana's grandmother was one of the queen's advisors. So I, in, in The Crown, they were showing how Diana's grandmother was teaching her how to curtsy and how to do all the things once her and Charles started becoming more serious. So it seems like some of it is people that are hired versus, and also people that who have been around or in the mix for a while um, who like, you know, kind of that's what their family does. They work for the royal family. So it's it's people because I I, un, I honestly get the impression that the royal family is just very figurehead and they don't really have a lot of actual power. It's the people who are kind of the intermediaries that dictate a lot of the things, because even in the first season of The Crown, when Elizabeth married um, Prince Philip, 
and Prince Philip wanted to, because Prince Philip came from, you know, it was a lot of conflict because Prince Philip was the uh, prince of Greece and Denmark and there was some war and some stuff and his family had gotten exiled and you know, because they, they their kingdom technically didn't exist anymore you know, it was some question about, you know, passing on the name and I remember um, when Elizabeth was pregnant Prince Philip wanted the children to have his last name And the people who were the advisors in the mix were telling Elizabeth, no, the baby's name has to be Windsor. It can't be, it can't be Mountbatten, which is uh, Prince Philip's family's last name. And it was like a whole back and forth with the people in like who are in these advisory roles. Like, oh, the tradition has been this and da, 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 da. And it was like legit, like mad back and forth. I think, you know, Elizabeth finally convinced them, you know, what, you know, because I think the, the the line was like, what kind of man has children and can't even give them his last name? So I think it was like some back and forth, back and forth. And now the family name is Mountbatten Windsor. But um, it seems like these people who are in the advisory roles kind of have a lot more physical power. They're, they're, they're kind of like they, the they, gatekeepers. They, they, they have a lot more power. I yeah, think, they have I, a lot I, more I power the than... The family's just a figurehead. Yeah, the family's a figurehead and the family just kind of does, you know, what's expected of them, what's their duty. But like these figurehead people are kind of the ones that can either impede or um, encourage progress in yeah. certain things. And and I, I think that's because I think they mention this how they... um, But one doesn't exist without the other. Yes, one doesn't exist without the other. Meaning the... um. The image of the um, of the family mm-hmm. affects the firm. Yes, yes. So that's why they and they will do whatever they can to preserve the image of the family. Correct. So that's that's where the the disconnect comes in because it sounds to me like Meghan and Harry are cool with the Queen. Like they don't have no beef. Like they talk. It seems like they're cool with the Queen. And everything. I think, like I said, I think it's just the firm has certain traditional values. And yeah, and I I think. It's yeah. It, I think it, that's it, what it, it comes it, down to is this traditional values, and, 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 and I think it's intentional. Why you never know whose people are. Yeah, you have no idea who these people are. Yeah, it's intentional for that. Yeah, because you know it was you know even with um be upset with them right now. Yeah, because even with um Prince Charles, like Prince Charles is just one of many people who was forced to marry somebody they didn't want to marry because the powers that be thought that that was the appropriate person to be with yeah. as opposed to being with Camilla. And like the same thing happened with Princess Margaret and uh, a bunch of other people where they were kind of, bless you, um, the, the person who was the king before Elizabeth's father, like there's this pressure. If you don't marry the right person, then you know, you're going to mess up the legacy or whatever the case is. So I feel like it was just a bunch of that nonsense there. So, you know, all in all, I, I, I was proud of Harry for saying, you know what, I'm going to protect my family and I'm going to protect my wife at all costs. And we're going to get the hell on out of here. So they dipped, they went to Canada for a little bit. And then I guess when they told them, well, we're taking your security, you can't have security anymore. They were like, well, we're not from Canada. We don't know anything about this. So they decided to come to California. And, you know, Tyler Perry, the great benevolent king that he is, apparently provided them with a place to stay and security for a couple of months. And I'm like, y'all can say whatever y'all want to say about Tyler Perry. 
Tyler Perry does a lot for people. I didn't. First of all, that I didn't even most, know Tyler Perry even knew them people. That was the most random part of the whole story. It was. I thought everyone was like Tyler Perry. <laughs> yeah, but Tyler Perry's resources are vast. Yeah, vast. Yeah, and I think people under underestimate that because people still have him in the Medea box, and it's like Tyler Perry got about thirty seven shows on TV right now. No exaggeration. Like, yeah. and, and y'all you gotta relax on like how y'all this. Jim, it's ever like, yeah. Like, if you don't like his shows and everything, that's, that's cool. That's it's perfectly fine. To not I, like I don't like. Listen, I don't like any of Tyler Perry's shows. Just, you don't have to. Ha- you, 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 we don't need to have eighty-five articles about why Tyler Perry's bad. We don't. Need, yeah. We don't need to have that. Yeah. Like yes, are his are some of his shows poorly written? You better believe it. Yes. But there are a few of his movies I do like, like The Family That Prays. That's a great movie. I yeah. watch that thing again we, and again. We don't need eighty-five articles about why why he's bad. We don't. We right. Don't. We, just don't, we don't. You don't. You don't. <laughs> We can have a Tyler Perry conversation at another point in time, but I appreciate the fact that Tyler Perry is an individual who goes out to help people in need. Um, You know, like Cicely Tyson, rest in peace. Like he revived her career and was paying that lady. Even Taraji Henson, who I remember saying a few years ago, being in that Tyler Perry movie she did was the first time she had ever been paid her actual worth as an actor. Mind you, she had been Oscar nominated for Benjamin Button a couple of years ago. And I think she had only made like 40 or $50,000 from Benjamin Button. The fact that Tyler Perry, black independent filmmaker, was the first person to pay that woman what she was worth is insane. Long yeah. as she had been around acting. That's that's crazy to me. So, you know, people can say whatever they want, but I, I have respect for how he helps people. And these are just the things we know about. There's a lot of things that I'm sure he does that people don't know about. But um, he gave them some place to stay. They got some things figured out. And you know, now, now they're happy and they're doing well. I was literally just, while we were talking about this, I saw an article pop up on my phone in relation to the conversation about security. So apparently some guy has been stalking them and has broken into their home in Montecito twice. Twice somebody has broken into their home. The first time they were let off with a warning. I don't know how you let somebody off with a warning after somebody drives from Ohio and breaks into your house, but whatever. And the person just did it again. And I'm like, this is why they need security because crazy people will try to, you know, run up and and, and play games. And I'm just like, that's insane. So I feel as if, um, uh, if, uh, if that's, if that's what they have to deal with simply because they said, I want to establish some boundaries, I want to feel safe, that's that's insane. Yeah. Um, I, I halfway feel like they did the interview to kind of like, you know, protect themselves in the event that, you know, something interesting happens. Yeah. I hope it, nothing happens to that. either one of them. Like, but I it, feel like what they said needed to be said because it, if you watch the interview, you'll realize that the whole narrative about them versus what actually happened or is happening is like so the opposite. It's like, and and, wow. and, I, and I, I I knew it was gonna be interesting when they started the interview saying we're not making money off of it, which is unnecessary to say. Was a necessary thing to tell to tell people we're not making money off of this interview. Yes, but it, because it's like people people have this idea <laughs> like, in their head that was, every like I remember when they moved to California, people were like, oh, Megan's gonna try to get back into acting again because she's broke and they're broke, and so she's gonna need to do blah 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 blah. Doing everything for the money. She's doing everything for the money, and it's just like. Or she was unsafe. They felt unsafe. Like and it, so they wanted it's to It's insane that she had to say that first. Yeah. Because you know that's what people were saying. Oh, they got paid for that Oprah interview. That's why they did the interview. So she had to be like, no. I mean, I think the saddest part about the interview, honestly, is that they were still protecting people. 
Like they weren't called, like they, they spilled tea, but they didn't call names. Well, they, 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 because there's, because even if they have security there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you like, know, like UK has, has like, we're not, we're not trying to die. Yeah. Like we don't, <laughs> we don't want James Bond or MI6 pulling up. Like, so we heard y'all was talking crazy on the interview. Oh, like shoot. we don't need that. Oh shoot. You fell off some stairs. Look at you. Wow. Wow. Cause I mean, you know, let me, <laughs> like, let, it, the argument is Diana's death was not a uh, purely a car accident. I don't know there's an argument, but okay. I'm just trying to be politically right. Um, <laughs> that's an argument. And I, I, I don't believe it was solely a car accident either, but that's that's me. Other people might have different feelings. I don't know. But um, yeah, I feel like they're definitely on some, I want to say something. So that just in case something happy, y'all know where to look. Yeah. Direct direct your inquiries there. But um yeah, I just I just thought it was sad. Um the whole the whole thing. Like we really were so excited when they got married and being like, Oh my gosh, this is great and like to see that that lady was suffering like that and, and going through like that and just and the fact that it got to the point where Charles wasn't even speaking to his son. Like Harry said at one point that his father wasn't taking his calls at one point. And you can tell him and William is, I feel William's the one who said something about the skin color. Cause when they asked like, so where y'all at? Uh, Harry was like, I mean, that's my brother. <laughs> I, like, I don't know what else you want me to say. Yeah. Like it gave me like, if I see him again, we gonna square up. Yeah. That's, that's the energy I was getting from it. But um, so that, that's what leads me to believe uh, William is the one who said. And William gives, I'm trash to Oh, listen, the way his, the middle of his hair ran away from him Whew, child. Whew. That's how you know he, he's evil. Because William used to have a, whole, a full head of hair and then one day he just popped a baldy. I said, ooh, child. That's that's how you know you ain't no good. Yeah. Because well, your, your, your hair follicle said that's enough. William, We're William heading says, out respectfully. William says I have trash in this. And you know what the aura. real gag is? William is allegedly in these streets acting just like his father. Um, cheating with a lady. I think her name is Rose Cranberry or something like that. I don't, I, I got to find, but I found her name. Uh, but there's a lady that's basically his Camilla um, that he's running around with. And um, poor Kate is allegedly suffering with an eating disorder similar to Diana. So I'm like, if I was Kate, I'd be mad too. I thought I married the good brother and look how I'm doing. I'd be mad too. Um, <laughs> and I got three. I don't know why she keeps having kids with him. Like, cause she has really bad, like morning sickness. I think whatever is hypergravidium, whatever it is, she has that. I'm like, nah, I'm not having any more kids with you. And you're still out here in these, in these streets cheating and I'm being sick every pregnancy. Nah. Yeah. Not me, but Kate's, Kate's a special type of woman. It's not what I would do, but it's what these girls do. So, you know, go with God. Um, but yeah, I just, I felt the interview was very eye opening, and I really do wish them the best. I hope that they can just go on to live their lives in, um, in peace and that nobody bothers them. I pray that they will just be left alone, that, that, that they can just raise their children and just, and just be normal. Cause they, all of that ain't worth marrying into nobody family. It's just not, it's hashtag too much. Hashtag too much. And I know that, you know, when you dating somebody and you, you and that person are vibing, you're like, oh, you know, we can conquer anything. We could like, but that right there is just too much, honey. It's too much. So as a result of this interview, I mentioned Pierce Morgan before. So as a result of this interview, um, Pierce Morgan basically got on his uh, morning show in Britain and dragged Megan and said she was attention seeking this, that, the third and the fourth. So I guess 
uh, Pierce Morgan thought that him and Meghan had a chance of being together maybe. And then she went off and married Prince Harry and he's big mad about it. I don't see why he doesn't see the levels to him and Prince Harry, but that's neither here nor there. White men's delusion is not something I have time to entertain today. So he got on his show, was ranting and raving and another, uh, a black woman, you know, black women always got to come in and read down. And so there was a black woman that was um, on the video um, speaking to him. I can't remember his name, but salute to that sister. She's African because her name is long and beautiful. But she gathered him and was like, no, 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 Pierce, not here. Not today. We're not doing that. You're a racist. We don't have time. I love how British black people just be very comfortable telling white people that they're racist. They don't have no problem being like, you're a racist. You're Cause, racist. Because they, they be racist. Yeah. They don't have no problem telling them that you're a racist. Like, listen, we don't have to keep this conversation going. You're a racist. That's grand opening grand closing so uh pierce got upset and then um one of his co-hosts alex somebody was basically like nah pierce you've gotten on here every day for four years and essentially talk trash about this Meghan Markle girl every chance you got and we are tired of hearing it sir she, and she has said nothing to you and she has said nothing to you the girl don't respond to you she don't acknowledge you like she just she just doesn't give you the time of day and yet you keep talking about her every chance you get like just cut it out just stop it just stop it you're insane and pierce got up I, I, I don't have to do this i don't have to do this and just walked off <laughs> the set and, the, and everybody was just sitting there like so i think two days later um pierce was let go slash left the show whatever they fired him because he he acted a plum fool on their show so you ever see those um memes on instagram where somebody says nobody absolutely nobody and then a statement that's basically what Sharon Sharon Osbourne did no one asked Sharon Osbourne for a take an interview a quote nothing absolutely nobody here comes Sharon Osbourne friend you're my friend Pierce I support you I love you I'm here for you she tweeted this so of course her mentions were in shambles because the internet was like not today ma'am we're not letting you get this racist nonsense off with this racist we're not doing that today so the next day she came on the show uh the talk that she shares with Cheryl Underwood and some other ladies I can't remember off the top of my head at this very moment but essentially they talked about this tweet and I guess Sharon was confused about why people thought she was racist She's like, oh, I'm not being racist. I'm just supporting my friend. And I guess Cheryl Underwood was trying to say to her, I consider you to be my friend. But what I'm trying to get you to see is that by you making a statement that seems to be in support of someone who is viewed as racist or having racist thoughts, you are aligning yourself with that. And by default, cannot expect to be surprised when somebody assumes or calls you a racist. That Sharon Osbourne looked right in Cheryl Underwood's eyes and said, educate me, please educate me on how I'm a racist. Help me understand. I don't understand. Educate me. And don't you dare cry. Don't you dare cry. And you could see Cheryl kind of looking like, have you ever like been in an encounter with a friend or a coworker where it just escalated? And suddenly they're now attacking you, even though the thing that they were going off about don't have nothing to do with you. And now you're sitting there like, how do I address or handle this? Because I know this person not in my face yelling. That's what I know. I know that. Um, also, this person is trying to tell me how to respond to something that I, I don't 
have a dog in the fight. Oh, like I'm not really sure what to do. And you could tell that Cheryl was getting annoyed, but she's also acutely aware of there are cameras here. And this white woman is already crying and trying to weaponize said tears. So if I go off on her, the headlines will be, I'm the angry black woman. So I gotta be like, whoa, I have to be very careful in my response because I know how this is gonna be spun if I don't respond correctly. So Cheryl was just kind of like keeping it calm. Like, girl, I don't know why you're so upset. I'm just trying to explain to you how it look, okay? This is what you did. These are the optics, this how it look. So people drag Sharon even more after that. And CBS uh, pulled the show for a couple of days. So there's no taping today, which is Monday, and there's no taping tomorrow. There might be a taping on Wednesday, depending on how this internal investigation goes. I was reading some more articles about how um, black people that work on the set of that show and work for CBS in general have started complaining that they felt like very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Very threatens not the right word they felt very uncomfortable speaking up about their concerns about you know certain certain thought processes or certain things that were done um in relation to like sharon osborne and with the show and whatever the case is and then um holly robinson pete and leah remini were also on that show at some point and holly robinson pete came out and said how um Sharon basically got her fired from the show because she thought Sham, Holly and Leah were too ghetto. Those were the words that Sharon used were too ghetto for the show. And meanwhile, the two of them are just two regular fun girls and they were friends in real life. So they just used to do, you know, like you can see if you go back and look at old segments of like Leah and um, Holly on the show, you can see Sharon just sitting there seething like, oh, there go those two. So, you know, Sharon done messed up everybody bag now with her nonsense. Sharon couldn't just go be racist in her corner. She had to come yell at a black woman on TV and tell that black woman not to cry. Mind you, Cheryl didn't look like she was going to cry. Cheryl was just looking like, sis, what is all this? What is all this energy? Me is confused. Me too, Cheryl. Me too. So now Sharon and her racism done the messed up the bag for everybody over at um over at CBS because she just couldn't hold herself together. Um, because again, nobody asked her to offer a statement about Pierce Morgan. She could have just called him because she has his phone number, because that's her friend, and left it there. She did not have to put out any public support tweets. She's stupid. And then she wanna argue she's not racist. Ma'am, I remember a few years ago your daughter Kelly was on the view. And this was back around the time that uh Trump was uh doing stuff with the uh the ICE raids. And you and your daughter said, if he deports all the Latinos, who's going to clean the toilets? So that lets me know it's a bunch of racist, racist and more racist over at the Osborne household. OK, Sharon, don't surprise me. Kelly, don't surprise me. Y'all is some racist. Period. Just own it. I don't understand why racists can't never own that they racist. Like what's her, like, just do it. Just say it. Her, her instance was she felt like <laughs> this is her statement. Her statement was she was blindsided by the whole situation because she didn't know what the question that was going to be asked to her. This, she said that eight minutes before the show began, the show winners called and asked her if it was okay if they asked about Morgan, Pierce Morgan. She said, sure, they can ask me whatever. But when I get on there, I say my piece, and Cheryl Underwood turns around straight face, looks at me, and is reading from a card with questions. I was so hurt, caught off guard, and stunned by what I was being asked and not prepared. It's, the people it's, it's not, said, not, can we ask you about Pierce Morgan? You said, yes, we can ask anything. What are you blindsided by, baby? I, it's, I'm confused. And it's not really like a hard question. I, I 
I don't. I'm not sure. Get Sharon Osbourne off the show because I don't have time. <laughs> it's not. It's not a. Like if you're gonna be racist, just own it. Just own it. Like don't sit. Don't sit and play in people with sense face. It's not. Don't it's do not, that. It's not a. It's not. It's not a hard question. It's not a hard question. It's not. It's not. Just. Just own what you are and give it question. You don't have to sit up here and play and, these games. And Cheryl never said you were racist. Cheryl never said you were racist. Cheryl. Cheryl said, uh, "What? What was your motivation for doing this? Do you see how it could be perceived in this way?" You'd be like, yeah, I can see that. Right. I'll think about it. But to sit there and yell at that woman and berate that woman like she's not a whole adult is insane to me. Cheryl should have smacked the white off of you for talking to her like that. Who are you, like, <laughs> who are you talking to? Tell her, you better not cry. Excuse me? Nothing about Cheryl said that she was even thinking about crying. But how dare you tell her she better not? And what did she did? What was you going to do? You, you can't. You what can't, was you going to do? You can't lash out at a person for asking a question and then when you told the people to ask you the question and and don't I don't now don't. I do think CBS is messy for asking Cheryl to ask this question but you know well, of course, that's what I said like it's, <laughs> but Sharon said that she knew it was CBS so why are you lashing out at Cheryl yeah like what Cheryl like who if, if you know that then why are you lashing right out right at the camera and lash out at them break the fourth wall well, that's why Cheryl was sitting there like but the people told me you was cool with the question so I'm not sure why you why you giving me all of this right now Cheryl we gotta move on yeah let's it's, move on because we've been yeah, on here yeah. for a minute yeah um so up next it artist spotlight all right want to do the intro i mean yes. the bio so oh, he, he assume i have a bio up um today's artist spotlights is george lovett um george lovett was on american idol season 13 i want to say um he's won the apollo three times um you might know him from um a few years ago there was a video that went viral and it was a guy like whistling a song um, and it was just like the whole song, like whistle with runs and all that. Like, ugh, got my life. They have, um, they have, they have the whistle version on um. Yes, they on have Tidal the whistle too. version on um on um title as well. Uh, there's a song called Ruby. That's what he was uh, whistling. Um, but uh, he also did uh, you know, like a lyrics version of the song. Um, he is from Baltimore originally. Um. But he uh, is now in Savannah. Uh, he graduated from the Savannah uh, College of Art and Design, I believe. And uh, he has been living in Savannah, I guess, since graduating from there. Like I said, he was on American Idol. Um, he reached the top 20 of that season. And, um, you know, he's been out in these streets just doing uh, music and stuff. I saw him on... Um, the Terrell show, which I told y'all about uh, before that I watch a lot um, with the song association. And um, I saw him um, singing live somewhere recently. I think it was um, at, uh, what's that guy's name? Steve Mackey's uh, Taco Tuesdays in California. And um, I was like, yeah, that guy really has a voice on him. Like, first of all, somebody that can whistle a song. I don't even understand. I didn't even know that you could do that till I saw his video. I was <laughs> like, What? Because one of my wishes in life is to know how to whistle and I can't. So the fact that he can not only whistle, but whistle a whole song with runs and the whole shebang. Like, it's beautiful. If you've never heard it, my God, it's so beautiful. But um, we're going to play today his song, Ruby. Um, and he has the regular like version of this, like I said, that we're going to play. And he has the whistle version. So find them both. They'll bless you. So let's get into it. George Lovett's Ruby. 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 Let me go away. 
That was George Lovett. Yes. Did... <laughs> okay. Yes, that was George. <laughs> that was George Lovett. Um, I feel like I want to play like a little snippet of the of the whistle version, just so people can understand I, 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 I what people it. what Let's I'm saying. It. Just like a little snippet, nothing too crazy. I don't have time for Dalton with the noticeable whistles, by the way. I don't have any type of time. Dalton, over, do, do, I almost threw that phone. Stop, stop playing on my phone, sir. Our, our friend, friend of the show, Dalton, said uh, noticeable whistles. Fun fact Stevie Wonder, Bobby McFerrin, and Joel Santana. Hey! So. <laughs> so. I hope you can see my face because. <laughs> so. Longest of size. Um, yeah, so that was our artist spotlight. Go check out George Lovett um, on the socials. I think his Instagram, I'm going to pull it up right now so I can tell you I don't want to be no liar, honey. I don't want to be no liar. Uh, George Lovett. It's George Lovett. That's his Instagram. And it's George and Lovett is spelled L-O-V-E-T-T. Um, we'll link it in the uh, episode description stuff so you can find it. But yeah, he's popping. He be posting covers and stuff on there. It's lit. Um, Moving on to this week in random. It's a lot of BS that's been popping off this week, y'all. All right. Um, yeah, right real quick, but let's go. Yes. So first things. Um, so Coming to America 2 came out, what, last week? Yeah. If you haven't seen it yet, go see it. No, it's, it was last week or two weeks ago. I don't remember. But either way, it's very entertaining. Um, the costuming is great. Um, the lady who did Black Panther, I believe her name is Ruth Carter, Oscar winner Ruth Carter. She did the costuming for um, the movie. And my God, she brought Wakanda to life, honey. I ain't even going to hate. Uh, Wesley Snipes is the star of the movie, Point Blank and the Period. You girls can say whatever you want. Um, I was very entertained by it. I enjoyed it. I saw a lot of people complaining like, oh, it wasn't that good. It wasn't as good as the original. First thing, the original was made like 30 years ago. No exaggeration. Two, the original was a parody. This is a parody of parody. 
part two, so I'm not really sure what you girls were expecting. I don't know why you were thinking this was going to be like Oscar worthy material. It's Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. Like, you know what to expect. Quit playing. Just appreciate it for what it is and keep it pushing. Yeah, like my 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 um my biggest concern. Like like I said, I I think the impact of what um coming to America was was because of the timing it came out. Because mm-hmm. like I said, even though that it wasn't an accurate, um, it was still like a kind of caricaturish mm-hmm. of what Africa was at that time. It was kind of like one of the first few times you've seen like a rich Africa oh. on American screens. Mm-hmm. Yes. So like that's why it, it impacted people a lot because that's the first time you saw that on American screens was a, a rich Africa. So that, that's why it was a big impact a lot of times. Right. And then just navigating that with like everybody saying, assuming that um they don't have money. Agreed. Um, that's why it was um a little different and but the comedy of it was kind of slapstick comedy the whole right. time like it, that's but that's what it's always been so i'm just like well what were people looking for here like have, have you ever like went back and just watched some of the comedy that you used to watch before like now like it's yeah it's not that funny to you now yeah it's not but at <laughs> but, the moment it was just like yeah it's, okay like it's it, yes of course if you want to think about it that way they could have updated and everything but it's, it was it, it was just meant to it was meant for people who've seen the first one. Basically. And it was meant just, for you to be entertained. It was meant for you to see some some jazzy black people and that was it. Yeah. It was it was meant for that. Um and I I, I think like I, like I always say, it's always good to have a full gamut of kinds of movies. Um some things can just be what it is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be have a deep meaning, it doesn't have to have a deep message. It could just be what it is. Point blank. Point blank. Um, like there's yeah. enough there's enough going on in the world uh there's enough black creatives and filmmakers that we can have the ryan coogler's the these the uh uh steve mcqueen's the uh what's that other guy barry jenkins the kenya barris's the the tyler perry's the ava we're, duvernay's we're allowed to have it all we're allowed to have it all all black filmmakers don't have to make the same kind of film because as we like to say, black is not a monolith. Black is a lot of things. And Eddie and, and company can make whatever they want to make that's authentic to their experience of blackness. Spike Lee can make whatever he want to make. Ava can make what she want to make. People could do what they want to do, okay? If you don't like it, you don't like it. Just keep yeah. pushing. You can not like it and not tear down them. Right, and not to, disparage it. Say, like, it's and, just and, not and, for and, you. And, and say it's 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 negatively impacting the whole black movement. Like, black, black movement. Like, you, you, you can just not like something without putting that stigma on right. it. Right. Like, you can just be like, oh, I don't like this and move on. Right. It doesn't have to be, you have to write an article, think piece about how it's impacting everybody's thinking, how it's affecting how people view black people. You, you can do that. You can just not like it. Yeah, you can just not like it. Be like, oh, I thought that was trash. Like, for yeah. example, I love Ava DuVernay. I do not think that Wrinkle in Time movie was good at all. I'll never watch it again. That's my response. I'll never watch it again. I'm not writing a think piece about, I thought, nope. Nope. I just didn't like it. I didn't like it. I'll never watch it again. And that is the end. I'll continue to watch Queen Sugar and the other things that she does, but I won't do that. I'm not going to call her out of touch. I'm not not going to do any of that. I'm not going to do any of that. I just didn't like that. There are people who think that movie is great. I'm not one of those people. And that's okay. Yeah. We we have to stop like feeling like, like we have to relax. Period. Um, next up on the agenda. Um, so I don't know what you boys and girls are doing um, a year into quarantine, but if you're not watching Married at First Sight, I need you to watch it because my God, it's a mess. Huh? Jesus. Oh God. So there's a few couples on there. I don't think anybody's staying married. I think everybody needs to get a divorce. No one should stay married. Every All of it is trash. Throw the whole season away. Thank God last season was good because this one is just 
abominable. None of these couples are gonna make it. I don't see anybody sticking to it on decision day. Um, there's a character on there named Chris who's just ashy, knock kneed, wearing women's jeans and a texturizer. And somehow he thinks he is Tyson Beckford and that he can just be out here talking to women crazy. Paige is stupid for continuing to entertain him. She should have chucked the deuces and kept the pushing, but she want to be on TV, I guess. So this is what they doing. Um, but yeah, if you don't know what Married at First Sight is, it's an experiment show where they go to cities and find singles and they literally get married at first sight, never knowing each other, never having met each other before. And then they spend eight weeks you know, I guess dating slash living the newlywed life. And then at the end of eight weeks, they decide if they want to stay married. So this season, season this is season 12 of the show. Yeah. Um, so the show is this, this season is in Atlanta and um, it's five couples. It's Paige and Chris. I don't even know if I want to call them a couple because you got to watch it. It's a mess. Um, it's Brianna and Vincent. Uh, Brianna is gorgeous. Vincent is giving me homosexual tease. I don't like it. Um, I don't like it. He's giving me narcissistic, manipulative, um, homosexual. He don't really have no home or no job, so he up under this lady. Um, I don't like it. Um, I don't believe that Vincent's gonna. Vincent got mad at Brianna because she took him to a bachata class and he didn't do well, bro. Bro, it's a class. Like for you to get that mad and act like she almost was trying to embarrass you on purpose, like calm down. Um, and in a previous episode, he got mad because she made a joke about him um, spilling some champagne. And his friend laughed in his face when he explained it to him. The friend was like, that's what you was mad over? So Vincent got some issues he need to go to therapy over. He's not going to ruin my beautiful black sister Brianna behind it. I don't like it. They should break up. Then there's another couple, Ryan and Clara. Um... I don't know what's up with Ryan. Ryan's having some type of identity crisis. Ryan has a whole like perm comb over fade haircut. I don't even know what to call it. Um, but like once you go see it, you'll know what I mean. Um, I don't know where he is on the fence of his identity as a person. Um, Cause he gives me like a black guy. He's Creole from Louisiana. That's his situation, but essentially a black. And he gives me black guy that don't really be with black people or really around black people like that. Like he gives me like weird, like weird Southern white man energy. And I don't really know what to do with it. It's weird. I, him and Clara should break up. I'm tired of the two of them. Um, then we've got Jacob and Haley. Haley is like watching paint dry. No exaggeration. That girl is boring. Okay. Okay. Boring. Blah. Very blah. Very basic. Very boring. Who three B's. Um, and um, she's married to Jacob who, for all intents and purposes, seems like a nice, if not awkward kind of guy. He's very stuck on the 80s and eating steak and eating raw onions and working out. Like, I need him to show a little bit more in terms of his personality. But what I do appreciate about Jacob is that Jacob speaks his mind. Jacob says, hey, I don't like the way you're... Jacob is who I wish Paige would be. Jacob is very upfront about the fact that you're not treating me well. I don't really like it. You should fix it. But he is weird and I need him to just kind of like bump off the 80s a little bit. People that be obsessed with a particular like decade of time, it's a little weird. Like, why are you stuck there? Yeah. Why the 80s specifically? What's up with you? And yeah, many times they don't be black. Um, go ahead. <laughs> many times. All of the times. Yeah. Um, and the final couple is uh, Virginia and um, Eric. Now, see, I enjoyed Virginia and Eric on the honeymoon because they came to shake the table with they drunk and high behinds. Oh, they're shaking the table. They did. They shook the table and I was here for it. However, um, Virginia is like 26 and Eric is 36. I think they should break up too. Virginia is an alcoholic. 
and possibly on some other stuff because the way that girl be twitching makes me uncomfortable i'm like why are you why are you so damn jittery like what's up with you sis like she might have a health condition and if she does then respectfully i'll take that back but something tells me this is alcohol and drug related um and her skin looks awful for a 26 year old which speaks to the fact that she drinks entirely too much um Eric is like 36. He's been married before. He's very controlling um, and very insecure. And nothing is more uh, unattractive than insecure and controlling. My God, it makes a man so much uglier, so much faster. Um, It's truth. Um, It's very unattractive. So it's like, it's a weird dynamic there where like, he is almost like he's trying to be her daddy and be like yo this is what you need to do i don't think she she was ready to get married and i don't think they should have paired her with him it was it's a bad look from the jump so i say all that to say none of these couples is going to survive if any of them do i would be genuinely shocked everyone should break up that's my take on married at first sight but watch for yourselves comes on wednesdays i believe nine o'clock on lifetime yeah i i I think the uh they were just trying to get more ratings so they just they weren't as particular as usual. <laughs> Dalton said, Ryan needs a laxative. Oh, child, he need a laxative. He needs some castor oil. <laughs> he need a lot of things. He need to just, oh. Like when, when, so Clara, Clara says she'd never seen, they, they've apparently moved to second or third base, not really clear on which, because they keep dodging the sex question whenever they get asked. But she says she's never seen him with his shirt off. So I'm like, what kind of, what do you do? What? Get off my phone. Get off my television. Quit playing in my face. Stop it. Leave me alone. Y'all play entirely too much. Yeah, I don't. I don't like. I really don't like Eric and Virginia together at all as a couple because I feel like. And his friend kind of told on him. Where the friend was like, "Yeah, you kind of got to relax." Because you kind of did similar things like this in your first marriage. I absolutely believe that Eric will go upside Virginia's head one day if she don't call him back in a timely enough fashion. Because she went on a trip with her friends to Savannah and he was like, yeah, you know, checking in every hour. Like, you know, that was cool. That wasn't too bad. Right. And you could see she was kind of like, yeah, OK. I mean, at this point, I think the only thing keeping them together is a sexual attraction because he is head over heels sprung. He wants to drink her bath water, whatever she's giving him. She's giving him something he can feel and he likes it. But I think they need to break up because he gives me abusive tease. He gives me stalker tease. He gives me creep tease. I don't like it. She got to stop drinking. They got to stop doing whatever drugs it is they do together and they need to break up. Um. So, yeah, that's my take on Married at First Sight. Um. Up next. So, Kurt Franklin, gospel singer, and his son um, were in the news over the last couple of days. Uh, so, backstory Kirk Franklin is married to a lovely lady named Tammy. They've been married for 20 something years. They have two children, I think, between the two of them. And when they got married, he had a son from a previous situation, and she had a daughter from a previous situation. So, I guess back when all the kids were younger, there were much more blended family because um, there's a either a Jet or Essence magazine or Ebony, one of the black magazines uh, where Kirk Franklin with his original face and that's no shade. He just looks different. Uh, <laughs> it's his revolution face. Um, there's a picture of all of them together, all the kids, him, whatever. And I don't know what has happened over the years and I don't intend to claim to know, but it seems like Kirk and this particular son have been at odds for some time because I feel like I remember hearing as as fathers and sons do yeah and I I feel like I remember (laughs) hearing about this a few years ago where the son like put out some statement or story talking about how Kirk wasn't a good father to him he wasn't around he cut him off this that the third and fourth so 
all of that. So basically what was what the son released on his Instagram page, I believe, um, earlier last week was an audio of an argument with him and Kirk over the phone from like 2018. And basically Kirk is letting it loose. He's cussing like just all the cuss words that you can think of could probably be used in a conversation. All of them were used. Um, and so that has spawned a very interesting conversation. Um, on one hand, there's a cancel Kirk Franklin narrative going because who, there are people. Who, who, who are the people with that? The super saints, the ones who are like, he makes all these gospel songs and he's a man of God and he shouldn't be cussing. Let me let me be the first one to tell you boys and girls that listen to this hair podcast. I love Christ. I also be cussing. I'm trying to work no, on it. I, truly, I, I honestly. Realize but, I, that but I have mo- I have let them rip. Most of the Christians that you know. Be most cussing. of the gospel artists, you know, will be, be cussing. Christian. Be just, cussing. Period. That, like, but they also have like they they respect their audience enough to like make sure like they don't fall, they won't do it in public. And to Kirk's credit, Kirk has never in my experience or in my knowledge, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but Kirk is one of the few gospel artists that actually minds his business and actually speaks out against some of the ways of the church. Kirk is not one of those gospel artists who be like acting like he's so holy and he's this and he's that. Like Kirk has been very, like very forthcoming about his shortcomings. Very forthcoming. And the church has not liked him for a long time. Like he has been very forthcoming about how people treated him when he started doing his music. He's been very forthcoming about his addiction to pornography. He's been very forthcoming about his like cheat. He's been very forthcoming about the things that aren't pretty about him. So I'm not really sure why people are holding him up as he's some man of God who was purporting himself to be perfect. Kirk Franklin has arguably been one of the more transparent gospel artists out there. Like he's been very upfront and owning he's, his he's, stuff. He's in from the beginning. He was like, hey, yo, I'm not perfect. Hey, yo. And, <laughs> and the other thing about Kirk Franklin, just because Kirk Franklin puts on like close fitting suits and, you know, talks a certain way. If you pay attention to Kirk Franklin for real, Kirk Franklin is a Texas hood Negro. I need y'all to be clear about that. He doesn't have time. He can play. Kirk Franklin and John P. Key are the same. They can write a song. They can sing a song. They can take you to the king, but they will also put their hands on you. (laughs) It's very, it's very clear. And neither one of them has ever acted like that's not who they are. They're like, yes, I am a street dude. I will put these hands on people. I will pull guns on people. It's not like a couple years ago, Kirk Franklin went viral because somebody was saying something and Kirk was like, I can take you to meet Jesus. Pull up at my house if you want. I got something for you. (laughs) So I'm just like, I am not clear about how that person that said that somehow has you surprised that they was on the phone dropping MF bombs. Kirk Franklin is about that life. And also he's, he's been very clear about that. So just because he made melodies from heaven, that don't mean that hands can't be received from Kirk. Like I'm, I, that's why people keep calling him Baby Plies. Yeah, because Kirk Franklin mad thuggy on the low. Yeah, and and also his son is a grown man. He is a grown man. So it, it, it is it is not a child. It is not a, right. It's not a fourteen year old. Right. It is right. a grown man. Like it's a grown I, like, man talking to another grown man crazy, and the other person, one grown man is talking back to him like, "Hey, don't talk to me crazy." Right. Like people. Like, yeah, yeah. And then the person who like. I'm so upset because <laughs> I'm like instead of the grown man is going to record the conversation and put it out there mm-hmm. trying to discredit his word <laughs> right you you look crazy right and you look crazy yeah. to like a conversation between two men <laughs> right that got out of order and you want to put it out there to like right to, to, to kind of hurt kind of hurt his father's money <laughs> right like here's you, you, you look crazy here's my whole thing the other and I'm glad you brought that up the other part of the people trying to cancel him 
is the people being like, oh, he's an abusive parent. He shouldn't be talking to his child like that. Blah, 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 blah. Here's my thing. If this was a 12 year old, I'd be like, oh yeah, cancel Kirk. He's yeah. wild. He cannot be talking to a 12 year old talking about he'll break their neck, et cetera, et cetera. Here's my thing. As an individual who has dealt with a parental figure, who be having conversations and talking like that on the phone, as an adult, you have a choice. Like I understand that that's your father, but if, if, if as you claim, your father has cut you off, neglected you, done this, done that, why are you still trying to have conversations with him? Let it die. Let it die. Like you are 33 years old. And I'm not saying that whatever hurts and pain and whatever you feel as a result of the state of your relationship with your father isn't valid. But at, at some point, you have to prioritize your peace over having a relationship with somebody. And if according to what you're saying as the son, your father has not been good to you. He has not been kind to you. He has not done right by you and your mama or whatever the case is. Let it die. What, 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 let what, it die. What, like what, what, move what, on with your life. Go get your therapy. Go get your healing and stop trying to be in conversation with this man because it's clear at this juncture that whatever has gone down between the two of you has been so toxic that space needs to be taken before the idea of even entertaining reconciling the relationship can begin because yes I understand that these are two grown men and men have conversations with men in a different kind of way that I will never understand because I'm not a man like I know my father will talk to me differently than he'll talk to my brothers because that's men have a way of parenting their male children that is totally different from how they parent their female children so I completely understand where um, the son is coming from with, you know, how he feels about how his father spoke to him. But also you was over here telling him to shut the F up. So y'all was both talking while on the phone. So, I mean, nobody's right here. Nobody's right. Everybody in this situation shares some kind of blame. But to me, I feel like. But, but, but you, 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 before, you, before you continue, I just want to address what you said. What what Kirk was saying because he did his apology, which I don't which think he shouldn't have done. He shouldn't have done, but like he was basically saying, I think Kirk actually initiated the conversation because mm. he was he was saying he was trying to get. He said Dude, it's been strained for a long time, mm. and he was trying to schedule some a counselor to uh-huh. come meet with them uh-huh. and everything. And mm. that and but like and like that he was like he didn't release that part. Uh-huh. Yeah, because the, the part I, mean, I was going to get to that because the part that was released was like so. What was the before part of this conversation? Yeah. Like, like he, what, he, how he, did we get here? Yeah, you didn't call him. He was like this. Hey, yo, son. Like, right. He, he didn't like, call you like, like that. What 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 led to <laughs> this being the conversation? Because like, the clip we heard was very short and it ended with Kirk hanging up the phone. It started with Kirk talk, talking. Yeah, and so it was like Kirk's talking and then he hangs up the phone. So I'm like, what's the what's the lead? <laughs> to here. Something happened before that. Right. 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 So I'm just like, okay, the relationship has been straight. Like, why would you record the conversation? No, no, he's he he he's, why would you record the and conversation? That's why I said I was like, you you look crazy because like you you just trying to discredit your father. Right. Like here's the thing. If your father you're, you're is being, the you you're not being a grown man at all. <laughs> if your father is the narcissist that you say he is narcissists want your energy they want your attention if your father is the narcissist you say he is you posting this video and doing all of this back and forth is giving him this attention that a narcissist wants if he was a narcissist you would pay that dude dust you'd be like kirk franklin 
Yes, that's my father. Me and him don't talk to each other. Grand opening, grand closing. Nothing left to say. But the fact that you put this three-year-old uh, posting out and then after people started dragging him and dragging you, came back and was like, please don't crucify my father. Well, why'd you put it out then? Why'd you put it out? If you want to come back and be like, don't crucify him. What was the, what was the reason for putting it out? Like I said, I don't want to dismiss that young man's feelings and whatever his experience was because I didn't live his life. Correct. I didn't grow up with Kirk Franklin being my father. I don't know what he went through. I don't know what his situation is. But what I am saying is like, if he is as bad as you say he is, cancel him. Cut him out of your life. Move on. Don't entertain any conversation. Reconcile anything. Don't do it. Just if, if you really believe that he's as bad as you're trying to make the rest of the world believe, don't deal with him. Don't interact with him. Your piece is far more important than Instagram clicks and likes. Like, I don't understand why you would put that 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 audio out. Like, this was my, my whole thing is if this was a recent conversation, I might be like, all right, bet. This was from three whole years ago. So you sat on this for three years and then released it this random and, day and, for and, what? And it's very convenient that it came for out what? right after his tiny desk. So Yeah, it's like it's like what's what's this about? Yeah, like it, it, it's it, just it's, it's one of those things where like, oh, I don't like how the attention is getting. Right. Like it, it's very it's very convenient that right after like people are praising him very high for mm-hmm. the tiny desk that this comes out. Yeah, I'm like I just I just find it weird. I didn't even think about that. But I just I just find it weird it coming out. And then I also think it's weird that there's this conglomerate of people who feel as if, you know, Kirk Franklin was being abusive to his son. I'm like, I, my feeling is this. These are two adult people having a conversation and it got, and it got real. But I also do want to contend that there, there is a faction of people who do believe that just because someone is their child, no matter how old that child is, that they can kind of interact with them any kind of way. And it's like, that's not fair either. No, I, I, that's I, not I, fair. I, I, I get that. Yeah, like, I get that too. Cause I saw, I saw some people posting on the internet, like, Oh, you never talk back to your parents ever. I'm like, I'm 35. If they say something I'm not with, I'm gonna tell them I'm, I'm not with it. I'm 35. I'm too old to be out here acquiescing to people just cause they somebody mama. Um, anybody got time for all of that. <laughs> But um, yeah, I, I I completely agree that as adults, there should be respect between child and parent um, on the level of two adults, not just like you're the child, I'm the parent and I can kind of handle you however, because there are some people who have that that mindset, like just because I'm your parent, no matter how old you are, I can kind of handle you any kind of way and you're supposed to take it. So I understand that, you know, as yeah. two adults, there needs to be a mutual respect yeah. and, the, the, and, this, and understanding. And, and it's clear that that doesn't exist between these two. Correct. And, and, and like, I, I, I want to like, you can I, I, I will. I would address that separate from this conversation. Because, right. But no, you, I brought it up because that's how people were kind no, of trying to frame it. Like, oh, Kirk Franklin's being abusive because he has the dynamic of being the father. And da, 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 da. Take, so that's why I brought it up. Take a clip from a conversation that someone's had three years ago with somebody. Right. And gauge how the whole how thing the is. Whole, yeah. Like again, because that, that, like you don't know. What happened during that conversation? Right. You don't know what happened in, in the previous conversation, conversation before that. You don't know you don't what's know going what, on. You don't know what was going on that time. You don't know what was going on. Right. So like so like it, it that, that 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 that's insane to just base it off of that. That, that that's an insane thought. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just feel like it's a it's definitely a family issue that they need to handle internally and come to some kind of agreement about. It might, like I'm not which, which is what he said. I'm not gonna lie to you. I went on the son's Instagram page and I was following, I was just reading, looking at his posts prior to this whole thing coming out. 
I don't want to be facetious, but I also feel that some might have some type of like mental health issue that he's not quite addressing, which because some of the stuff he posts is a little off the wall. So I don't know if there's some some undiagnosed or untreated mental health issue that's happening. And I'm not saying that's an excuse for the way that conversation went between him and Kirk. But I'm just saying it's a lot more at play here than just what that little clip shows. So I just feel like people kind of need to chill on that we got to cancel Kirk this that the third and the fourth because you know and and this is not to say this is with him but just in general I do know that like on multiple folds I know that like um, children of pastors children of celebrities go through things Mm -hmm. Um, they go through frustrations they go through pressure of the community right they go through pressure of the parent not being the there parent, the, the parents not being there because he's traveling because tra- Kirk is traveling around all the time mm-hmm. for as a pastor and as um so like because he said not being there I was like I, I can see that because Kirk is always out yeah he's always <laughs> he's out always, in the streets doing, doing things um and like his expect his, his um I know pastors and celebrities have expectations for like you can't move like everyone else mm-hmm. and like how like people don't like that yeah <laughs> you can't move like everybody else because yeah you're what you do affects me yeah yeah so like i i, I can so i understand how like that pressure might greatly affect yeah. you so like yeah. i'm not saying that you might not ha- might not have valid feelings about right. certain right. things right like but, I, I i believe that this is really just two people who are very hurt because the funny thing is kurt does not have a good relationship with his own parents correct and so it's like how much of that is playing into this not good relationship he has with his own son? Because a lot of times, a lot of these things, it's generational. When you see like a parent and a child that are clashing, oftentimes if you do a little digging, that parent and their parent also did some clashing. And there's some unresolved ish that's happening in the midst there. And so I think they need like, and this is no shade to Christian therapists or Christian counselors or the Christian pastors or any of that. But I think this is a situation where real like mental health counseling needs to take place. Cause there is some brokenness in the two of them that creates a moment where this is the conversation. Cause I understand people that, like two grown men getting into an argument and going back and forth. But like the conversation, just that little snippet I heard, I was like, y'all have done this before. Correct. This is how y'all communicate with one another. This is not the first time. And I'm saying like, if, if it's, if multiple interactions between y'all are like this, something is deeply wrong. Yeah. Deeply wrong. It's one of those things where the counseling would have to be, y'all both need to figure out how you both played a part in it. Yeah, y'all both need individual counseling and yeah. then y'all need like counseling and, together. And, and both, both have to recognize how you how, how you contributed. Like it's and, not cause, cause, like, he's it's, wrong, he's wrong. Y'all both wrong. Y'all both, both have contributed, both contributed to, to the situation. Us. Exactly. And you both have to recognize where you both contributed right. and how you move forward. Yeah. Like I'm not, but I'm not canceling Kirk Franklin over having an argument with an adult man. No. No. He's a, he's a girl, he's an adult male. Right, he's an adult male. If he was, like I said, if he was 12, I'd be like, yo, Kirk Wildman, I gotta cancel him. Sadly. I would have to cancel him. Like just like I canceled James 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 Fortune, he's canceled in my book. People still listen yeah. to him, but I can't. Yeah, you... he abused children, so I can't get with it. Um, All but right, yeah, we we, we Yes, moving on. So uh, yeah, we're not canceling Kirk Franklin. Melodies from Heaven is going down. It's lit. Um, rain, 
rain. Um, so <laughs> speaking of uh, music uh, related things, um, so the Grammys were last night. Um, I didn't watch the whole thing. I just caught a couple clips. Um, the Car- Cardi B and Meg performed um, WAP together. <sighs> Looks very struggling. The whole the whole performance. Oh, it. it looked really struggling. Um, you know, everybody was out there just you know with their quarantine weight, and it was just. And Cardi's not the greatest dancer to begin with, and you can see like she probably didn't really rehearse that hard for this. It wasn't. It wasn't good. I didn't like it. And why would she do WAP of all things? Like, oh god. Because how much popular that is. Oh, like they, they they usually do that. Like how how many times did the old old time road? <laughs> god dragged it to the death, honey. To the <laughs> so death. It's, it's like it's just. So a uh, few highlights from the Grammys. Beyonce is now the winningest woman in Granny history. Winningest. Winningest. She's won the most. I think she has like 28 Grammys now. So she's the winningest woman. Um, her won for I Can't Breathe, the song from um, Judas and the Black Messiah um, that she wrote with um, Tiara, Tiara Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, Tiara Thomas, you may know from that Wale song, Bad. She's the girl singing the hook. Um, Meg The Stallion won Best New Artist. I'm not even going to hold you. I feel like I've been hearing about Meg for a very long time. So this Best New Artist thing is super weird. How, that's, that is quite weird. Yeah, because I'm like, I feel like I've been hearing about Meg for like three or four years now. How is she, but whatever. Still, how is she considered how new? How is she considered new? I don't know. Um, uh, uh, anything else of interest that won? Um, Beyonce won for, she won a couple last night. She won for. Um, oh, she won the song with Savage Remix. Yeah, she won Black Parade Best R and B Performance. Um, she won. Oh, let's see, won one. Anything for you? I'm, um, I'm actually surprised that Beyonce went. Actually, well, you know, yeah, her and Jay Z. I guess they decided to go outside and see what the kids were doing. Um, John Legend won for Bigger Love, the um, Best R and B Album. Um, Beyonce won one with Meg the Savage, uh, Meg the Stallion for the Savage Best Rap Performance. Yeah, um, the baby was nominated for Bop. Bop should have won. Cool. Oh, Dior was nominated for Pop Smoke. Oh, that would have been nice if he had won. Um, Best Melodic Rap Performance. Anderson oh, Pop Pack. Smoke didn't win. No, Pop Smoke didn't win for Dior. Um, best Rap Song was. Um, Meg Thee Stallion and Beyonce again for Savage. Nas won his first Grammy for King's Disease. I couldn't believe that Nas had never won a Grammy before. That is insanity to me. It's 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 crazy to me. And this is <laughs> this is no shade, but the fact that Nas has done all that Nas has done and Nas has never won a Grammy before now is insane to me. And no shade. Also, the fact that Cardi has a Grammy and Nicki Minaj does not is insane. I can't believe it. It doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, Cause you can say whatever you want about Nicki Minaj, but that girl can rap. That is that is the fact of life, and the fact that she's never gotten a Grammy is insane. Um, Jonathan McReynolds and Molly Music won for "Moving On" for yeah. best gospel performance song. Yes, God, I'm happy about it. Um, uh, PJ Morton won um, best gospel a- album for gospel according to PJ. Okay. Um, Kanye won for best contemporary Christian music album for Jesus is King. <sighs> the sigh. Someone's, someone's gonna tell me that's being Christian music and gospel. Someone's gonna tell me. Somebody's <laughs> done with differences. Somebody. It, it's skin color, honey. You know what the difference is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're asking. You, you know what the reason is. Um, this is gospel, but this is Christian. This is black. This is white. That's what it means. <laughs> um, Burner Boy won Best Global Music Album. Um, I think Tiffany Haddish won a comedy album, Best Comedy Album for Black Mitzvah. Uh, let me see. Anything else? Worth noting, I think Beyonce won one for Blackest King as well, like best movie something or another. Um, 
Rhapsody got one for best arrangement instruments and vocals for a song that she was on with uh, Jacob Collier. He won't hold you. So she won one for that. Uh, let me see. Anything else worth talking about? Um, so it was very um, interesting. Um, Anderson Pack and uh, Bruno Mars pre- performed their song. Mm-hmm. Um, it was jazzy. I, I would argue it's probably the best of the performances I saw. Sue Sonic. That's oh my god! It was it's so good. I can't wait for the whole album. But that 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 single that they put out, ah, love it. It's just so good. All so right, good. One, 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 one. so good. Um, so uh, oh yes, Blue Ivy also won an uh, uh, Grammy. She's the young. She's the second youngest Grammy winner at nine years old. Beyond, um, she run for Brown Skin Girl because she sang on the song. So for best music video, that um won a Grammy. Huh? Who's youngest? I have to look it up. It might it might be Khaled's son. Huh? Might be Khaled's son. Uh, might be actually. I didn't think about that. But uh, yeah. So yes, you, congrats to Young Blue Ivy as well. I see how you know Beyonce and Jay is setting up their baby. Um, I appreciate it. Um, Leah Leah Peaceall of the Peaceall Sisters. Um, she was on. Uh, no, it's Leah, Leah Peaceall. Yeah, yeah, that's what I just said. Oh, that's you talking about? Yes. yes, is the youngest Grammy winner in history. She was eight when she won. Um, so yes, Blue Ivy is the second second youngest. So yeah, so the Oscar nominations came out today, and they're interesting. So for Best Actor, we got Chadwick Boseman in there for uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. That was to be expected because he was also nominated for the Golden Globe, which he won. And the Golden Globes usually dictate how the Oscar nominations will go or at least it follows very closely um the best supporting actor is where I get a little confused um so Judas and the Black Messiah uh star Daniel Kaluuya and um Lakeith Stanfield Lakeith is who the movie is about yes um Judas Judas he is the Judas um the movie leads with Judas so that's that's and, and Judas Yes. So I would conclude based on watching and the naming that the movie is about Lakeith and Daniel Kaluuya would be the supporting actor. Somehow they are both nominated for the best supporting actor category to which I say, if they're supporting, who is the lead actor in the movie? Because <laughs> it's just them two. Am I missing someone else in the movie? Is there someone else? Is there another person? Like, is it... I don't know, is, is it Jay Agner who like who is the lead? if it's not them to, if it's not Lakeith who is the lead in the movie well yeah yeah, yeah I want to yeah I want to come back to after that came out you don't want to come back to the Jordan, Jordan board and we see how it looks you don't want to yeah I want to go back I was like they're both in the same category I beg your pardon yeah yeah I want to go back and just see what's going on um no <laughs> I'm like that is yeah, how that work who's the lead in the movie then who yeah. who that's what I'd like to know what what I've gathered from that is they wanted to use somebody else for the, for the lead actor and there was too many people so that instead of so or maybe they, they didn't want to crowd the category with too many black men because they was like okay so Chad because in here we can't have another one and he did so he probably gonna get it so we can't can't put another one in there so we just gonna slide them to another one and let them fight it out I'm like <laughs> and watch they gonna have them in there and neither one of them gonna win it they gonna just have sat there and wasted everybody's time and mis- <laughs> misrepresented the whole thing but whatever y'all like whatever why are they both supporting characters I just don't understand who is the movie about? <laughs> so That's all I want to understand. Who no, is well, once again the movie it's about? It's Academy being stupid. Because why would y'all even vote for him for a supporting actor? I'm like, what why, are you talking why, about? Why would you put him in there? But y'all ain't watched the movie. People put it in like, oh, he's a great supporting actor, but he wasn't. He wasn't because he wasn't. The movie because, was like, about the, him. The director saying the Academy, he got a lot of votes for a supporting actor. That's why they put him in. He was like, but but he wasn't. So y'all so, just 
Y'all just stupid. <sighs> Lord Jesus. Uh, the best actress category has two people in there. Um, Viola Davis and Andre Day. I still haven't watched that Andre Day movie, the, the United States versus Billie Holiday. But she also her, won. Her, her, she played it well, but the script was trash. Okay. I want to watch it though, because I want to see. I mean, I, I go up for Viola every day and twice on Sundays. So let Viola yeah, have her things, but shout out to the sister Andre Day for being in there. I'm not mad. Um... Um, uh, Leslie Odom Jr. is also in the um, supporting actor category for um, his role in One Night in Miami mm-hmm. and he also got one for um, original song so he's he's like Mary J it's a few of them that have been double nominees where they've been nominated for acting and for a song mm-hmm. so he was nominated for um, what's the song called Speak Out Speak Up something like that from the movie that he has been nominated for um the what's his name of uh, uh anybody else of interest so best visual effects uh mulan and tenet score um the five bloods which is spike lee's movie and soul i think soul is also nominated for best animated feature um yeah yeah so it's it's uh it's gonna be very interesting to see but i just had to ask who the movie judas and the black messiah was about because i didn't know why they was both in the same category I was so, like, I, I so literally scrolled up and down mad times. Like, am I reading the right thing? Because why, like, are they, why are they both here? They was like, we can't not nominate him, so we just put him in there. I'm like, that, no, <laughs> that's not how this works. It's not how any of this works. I'm so confused. It, it, it looks insane. Indeed. Uh, what's, what's, um, and next, we're gonna keep going. So, gonna um, yeah, we're gonna we can run through it. So, um, Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York, uh, the streets is trying to cancel him. Uh, AKA the Democrat streets is trying to cancel him well, for a lot more than Democrat streets, a lot of streets, all the streets, all the streets, really yeah. New York what, streets. Families has been trying to cancel him for a while. Yeah. Everybody's trying to cancel him. Yeah. Um, I think they're trying to cancel him for the wrong thing, but that's my opinion. No, no, they, they work for trying to cancel him before that. Yeah, I mean the people trying to cancel him now are trying to cancel him for the wrong thing. So if you haven't heard, Andrew Cuomo has recently been accused um, by more than one person because I think we talked about it on the pod like a couple episodes before the last one about how he was accused of being like sexually harassy um, to people. And one one woman came out and said it, and then it kind of died down. And now more people are coming out and saying that he was sexually harassing them. He was creating a uncomfortable work environment for them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I have feelings about it because I'm just like, okay, 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 all right, very very interesting, but okay. Um, I do in fact believe that he. Older Italian men of a certain age, and I'm not just pointing out Italian, but older men of a certain age just they can they can they be do very they, they do, do too, too much. much. They do too much. And they don't I don't want to say they don't know what they're doing, but they really just be like, Oh, it's no big deal. No, no, but nobody's thinking any of this. They, they, it, yeah, they, it's um, gonna be fine. They they they've they've moved a certain way for, for a so very long. long time. Yeah. And I'm not saying he's right or justified or any of those things. No. But I'm saying that these allegations don't surprise me, is what no. I'm saying. I was just Correct. like, oh, okay, got it. I can see it. And, um, you know, I think Chuck Schumer and Kirsten Gillibrand have stepped up to be like, nah, get him out of here. I saw somebody was like, well, why is Nancy Pelosi not saying anything? Is Nancy Pelosi from New York? Is she his representative from New York? What would Nancy <laughs> Pelosi have to say? This is absolutely 100% none of Nancy Pelosi's business. It's the governor. <laughs> yeah. Na- of a state Nancy Pelosi ain't never been from. 
or never represented. Nancy Pelosi has nothing to say about this. This is none of her business. So I don't know what people were like. How can she be about the Me Too movement and supporting the Me Too movement and calling Donald Trump a this and a that, but she's not talking about because Donald senator. Trump was her business. Na- um, Andrew Cuomo was not. These aren't. He, he's not a senator. He's not a legislator. He's not. He's not any of those things. He's, he's a not, governor he's of a state. A, he's not a U.S. senator. He's not a U.S. legislator. No, he's a so, governor of a state. That is not Nancy's business. I don't know what y'all looking for Nancy to say. <laughs> what, what is she supposed to say? Um, I do think that you know. People are people are holding up the sexual harassment thing as the thing that he needs to be canceled for. When I think the thing he needs to be canceled for is how he was pushing all them COVID patients in nursing homes. Like that that's the that's the more alarming thing to me. Yeah. And because and those the, those are potentially preventable deaths yeah, that were like, caused by his decision making. Like that's it, the more alarming. And, not, and it, this it, is it, not it, at all a statement disparaging sexual assault or sexual harassment survivors, whatever you want to call it. I'm not saying that that's not important, but I'm like, I need y'all to also look at this part. Don't 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 like we can look at two things at the same time. If we're going to cancel him, cancel him for all of it. Not just yeah. that one part. Yeah. He, he also did some flagrant stuff over here. Yeah. I, and I, I, I think I think it's and it's not just that it's everything that came with it. Yeah. So it wasn't just because um, like he because in his mind, he's, he was saying he was told to put the men by advisors, whatever it is. But it's the fact that it happened. And then you and then he he tried to act like, like you tried to he cover tried, it up. He tried to act like it didn't happen. People were asking about the numbers. He just made up the numbers. He just push, try to push it on the rug like people weren't out here. Like the, it's the whole thing. Yeah, is the issue. Um, and the, uh, and then there was like other things politically that he was doing. That's why I said working families been having issue with before yeah. with um him trying to disparage any third parties, um from voting against him. Yeah, by, by doing stuff so stuff like that. Um, but. Let's, let's keep going. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, I just, I just find it very interesting. Um, I, I'll be, I'll be watching this closely because I want to see where this goes. So versus coming up, Ghostface and Raekwon. Who you got? Uh, I know who I got, but who you got? I, I like Ghostface more. Same, same. I like Ghostface more. I like Ghostface um, more, but I feel like I think Raekwon is the better lyricist of the two of them. No, he's definitely the better lyricist. I'm, I don't know. I think I don't know if I, I think I like more Ghostface songs. Same, same. Same. So this is this is a Ghostface household over here. Is what you say? Yeah, go go. I, I like more Ghostface songs though. Yes, Ghostface for sure. Um, I think that's coming up this Saturday, the twentieth, or the yeah, this Saturday, the twentieth. I think it is. Um, it's yeah, it's coming up. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, um, and then finally, new music. Uh, Chica, who was also nominated for best new artist for the Grammys but did not win, she has an album out called Once Upon a Time. Um, we talked about the Bruno and Anderson Pack. If you haven't uh, gotten into that yet, go do that. Silk Sonic. And then Lucky Day, who we've played on the podcast before, who I love, um, put out uh, an EP called Table for Two. Um, you should check that out if you're looking for some nice, smooth, groovy R&B type situations. It's lit. But yeah, that's what was happening on the in the world of uh, the All of No Fear podcast in these last couple in weeks. In the world of the whole of No Fear podcast. Yeah, 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 in yeah. In the world of the whole of No Fear podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I appreciate y'all. Yes, we've been on here for two hours. About two hours. Yeah, about two hours. We've been on, online longer. On, yeah, we've been either. on for about two hours. But, so um, we appreciate y'all rocking with us for this long opening episode. But um, if you want to come chat with us and see this live, if you can talk with us, please get on our Patreon. You can start. The starting bid is only three dollars. Three dollars. And you can go. We have other tiers. We have three. We have five. We have ten. We have twenty. 
And there, the higher tiers, like I said, you can also get T-shirts. You can get stickers. There's one that you can like just be a plan. You'll get something every three months. Um, yeah, just come be a part of it. Yes, come join us. It's fun here. Come be a part of it. Um, we're gonna have live or live episodes on here. Um, if we have when we start having events, you'll get some discount tickets here. Word. Um, Word. You'll also get like random clips that we might release on here. Word. So you get all those things from just joining exclusive, our exclusive. Patreon. Thank you so much for being a supporter. We appreciate y'all. Thank you for our fearless supporters. And yes. we, appreci- we appreciate all of you. We love y'all. We love, we love y'all. y'all so much. For real. And with that said, we, we bid you adieu. Bye. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, boy. Yeah, yeah. It's the All Love No Fear Podcast. Hey. It's hey. the All Love No Fear Podcast. Hey. Check hey. us out. Hey. It's the All Love Oh No Fear Podcast. 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 Uh-huh, uh-huh. All Love Oh No Fear Podcast. Hey.